We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Tuesday, August 29th, 2023. Guys, ladies, gentlemen, boys and girls, the preseason is over. Today is cut down day as you're listening to this. Some have rolled in. One for sure that we can know at the time of recording is Pat O'Donnell has been released in favor of Daniel Whelan. So the Packers will be going with a new snapper, a new holder, a new kicker, and a new punter for the 2023 season. Rich Passaccia is going to earn his money in the kicking game. That is for sure at this point. Uh, I'm your host today. I'm Jacob Westendorf. I am joined by Jacob Morley, who sources tell me will be at my house in about a week. Uh, Can you confirm or deny those reports? Confirm. Can confirm. Yeah, we're going to – we will be at Soldier Field Sunday. You know, Ross uh, Uglum and I will. Um, And Jacob is – are you going to that game? Yeah, what a crock. Like, I get to be the hotel, but I don't get to go to the game. Well, Think I just didn't know. Like, I didn't know if you were. Uh, I guess it's not at Lambo, so you wouldn't. You wouldn't go. But yeah, uh, Ross and I will be there for Packer Report. Um, Ross doing his thing in the booth, and then I'll, you know, I'll be on the field, snapping some pictures, and hopefully snapping pictures of a victorious Green Bay Packers team. Who, um, I don't know if you know this, Jacob, but if the Packers win this game, then they own the Bears forever, and vice versa. It's not. It's not just one game. You know that, right? It's not just one game at the beginning of the year. This is for all the marbles ever, forever. Yeah, that is my understanding is that if uh, if Green Bay wins, then the uh, the season and everything as we know for Chicago is over and the Packers still own the Bears and Jordan Love is the greatest quarterback ever. And if the Bears win, it's a changing of the guard, which yeah, no every Bears – 
all three of the Bears wins in the last 25 years against the Packers have been pitched to me as a changing of the guard. And I, I will admit, I did chuckle last season as, you know, I mean, I'm just like every other loser that follows my Twitter timeline during games and stuff like that. And as the Bears were winning last year at Soldier Field, seeing the, you know, the cheering and of course, yay, team is winning all that good stuff from Bear fans. And then like the changing of the guard or this, this is the new way it's going to be forever. And then when Green Bay came back and won, it was like, well, it's actually a good thing that we lost. It's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> we don't get to play the copium game with. It's, it's actually good that Justin Fields had a chance to march down the field and stick it right in the faces of Aaron Rodgers and all of Packers nation. But instead he threw the ball to Keyshawn Nixon. So. And Jair Alexander for that matter. Also, so, also true. Yeah, What's also true. hilarious about that is the clip that a lot of people will bring up and i think it's like nikhil harry of all people too it is that beat J- jair deep and they're like oh yeah <laughs> it's like what happened next what happened after that oh man but it, chicago it, fans are funny and that's okay and like listen maybe the bears will be better I, well i have no doubt the bears will be better this year when you're the number one overall pick team there's no way to go but up but these people that are suggesting i consider myself pretty realistic when it comes to the prospects of the bears and the Packers and and everything of the sort. Uh, The people like Adam rank today said the bears were going to win 12 games this year. It's like, that is nine more wins every year. He says that every year. I mean, Adam rank is one of the most unabashedful bears fans that have, that has a large, like a a stage. And he's not a chain platform yeah he, he and so he's never and like i it's almost like a stick at this point i to, to an extent i respect it like yeah it's the Corey banky packers win yeah. 50 nothing green bay rolls or whatever yeah. the thing is that he does over for their so game banky is not on nfl network right yeah that's the difference it's like <laughs> it says it says she said tv and if you go there expecting like you know normal yeah and they have un- rational unbiased. they have rational tanks but it takes sure not for but banky. yeah if you're going there <laughs> No, and if you go there expecting unbiased like right. yeah. analysis, and you're actually, in the wrong place. I go to NFL Network, I am expecting some unbiased. form of national analysis. And I do understand that I'm a believer there's no such thing as objectivity. And everybody in the world has reasons for wanting, you know, everybody that grew up and is not everybody, but most people that are in this business probably grew up the fan of a team. Like I always laugh when, I got friends that are Eagle fans. They'll be like, oh, Troy Aikman always talks crap about the Eagles. It's like, I don't know about always, but like he used to play for the Cowboys for 20 years. Yeah, he probably doesn't like the Eagles very much. And like, you're gonna be sense and you're gonna be sensitive to whatever he says because you probably don't like him that much either. Right. And I don't, yeah, I don't like Troy Aikman either. Piece. That guy blew me up when I was a child all the time, and I hate him. But you know, as an whatever, that's not really the point. That's not what we're I getting will, at here, Marley. The, I will. I want to ask this though, because I think um, there are rational Bears fans that you talk to, and, and I have yet them, to meet them. But no, well, no, there are. A you look at some of the comments of like, I, you know, something popped up on my feed, and it was like Bears fans, like, what is, what's a, what's a reasonable expectation for your season? And there was a lot of fans that were like, you know, you'd like to see Justin Fields make a jump. I'm not sure if he did. Um, he's still going to be electric with the ball in his hands, um, but but I don't know what he is as a passer. That's like such a reasonable take. And that's exactly what Justin Fields is. Like, I don't think, I don't think any, even any Packers fan 
will tell you, like Justin Fields scares me enough because he is electric with his feet. Like if he gets in the open field, he could he can score from anywhere on the field. Uh, he is one of the most gifted athletes in the NFL. Like that's not, I don't think See, that's. Here's, that's here's kind of my thing with that though is like. I care about the whether or not the Bears can beat the Packers, obviously. But, like, my worry more so than anything else, and this is how I am, is, like, I care about Green Bay beating Chicago, but I care about them winning a championship more. Like, there is this – and especially where I live. Like, where I live, this is Packers-Bears intersection a lot, and there's a lot of people that I know that treat this rivalry as if the NFL revolves around it. And, you know, one of my least favorite things that I always heard when I was growing up is, I don't care – if the Bears go two and fourteen, if their two wins are against the Packers, and I'm like, that's the dumbest thing you could possibly think, in my opinion. And like, what I'm getting at though is, yes, Justin Fields is electric with the ball in his hands, and there's no question about that, especially as a runner. But he's not going to run them to a championship. And like, I'm not worried about Chicago becoming this juggernaut team. Like I always like the worry that I always had when I was younger was when they had that badass defense that was just awesome. And it always be like, oh man, if we only had a quarterback, it's like, well, that's why like when they made the trade for Jay Cutler, I was like, okay, that's, that could be a problem. Cause like at the yeah. time, Jay was one of the most gifted young passers in football. And then we figured out pretty quickly, like that's He's not, he played great for the Packers. Yeah. And that just isn't how that was going to go. So I'm not overly worried about that. You know, it's going to be annoying to me if green Bay loses week one, just because of the stupidity that follows with it because you know my take is that I, I mean week one is always it always does that like you know this time two years ago when they lost to New Orleans it was oh no Green Bay they had that tumultuous offseason Aaron wasn't sure if he wanted to come back or not and then they lost by a million against the Saints and everyone's like is this going to be a bad year for them and then they just rattled off the next eight yeah. or something like that well and that's like, the other thing is when these Matt LaFleur teams have not started hot in week one They've had one game where they've played well. I know they've won openers. They blew the the doors off the Vikings, right? Right, and that was the COVID season. But other than that, they beat Chicago, Matt LaFleur's first ever game, and then they lost uh, in embarrassing fashion in 2021. And last year, like, they lost by 16, but it never really felt like it was close. Yeah, and that was at Minnesota again. Yeah, and the point I was making about Justin Fields, though, is – and to wrap it into what you were saying is like he what we've seen out of him is he is not he is not a Super Bowl caliber quarterback yet. And I think what Bears fans are hoping for is like, can he make that Josh Allen jump? Um, and I don't think we I don't think we he will. And I don't think we've seen it. I don't think we have any evidence that Aaron, he has. Aaron Schatz but, posted a thread a while ago about how like and you could talk about the caveats for Justin Fields, and I certainly acknowledge that some of them exist. But him becoming average from a value standpoint as a passer would be such an outlier. Like it just hasn't, he's been yeah. that poor. The I think the part that bothers me, I don't know if that's the right word, because I understand fans, we believe in our guys. That's what we do, right? Like whether it flies in the face of logic or not, but just this, I don't think it's belief of he'll be good. It's the acknowledgement of like, like one of my friends, his fantasy football team name is just him fields. Yeah. And it's like, Oh, he's already that dude. And I'm like, he's not though. Like in, in the fantasy world, he is sure. I mean, and he's, that's he's what a great fantasy, fantasy football poisons the mind. There's no question yeah. about that, but like, it's the, the assumption that he has already arrived, that he's already yeah. 
in the same breath as guys like Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes and, and or maybe like just that notch below that. It's just like, he's, he's never, not even the, he's never going to be there like as a passer. And I think when you, when you talk about fields and you talk, we keep talking, we keep bringing up like league average, league average. Like if he can become a league average passer, I think he'd be terrifying. I think he'd be better than Lamar Jackson. You know what I mean? Like, and that's like the same vein of quarterback that he would be in. Cause Lamar um, is, you know, probably league average passer. Like he, he can make the throws. He he's fine with the ball, but like the thing that scares you about Lamar Jackson is still his ability on on the ground. Yep. And but but to your point, Justin Fields getting to that level of a passer is a huge jump because he's maybe the worst passing quarterback that we've seen since Y2K. And I don't think maybe. I think that's actually when you look at you took you talk about like Aaron Schatz and you talk about um like the analytics, pro football focus, his passing grades, um, his um, his EPA per pass, like everything, every analytical tool that you want to point to is pointing at bad. Really, it's not bad. even just the nerd stats either, though. Like it's the traditional ones too. Yeah, and like, and again, yards, right? And like again, I understand, I understand that some of the crew around him was not great, but at the same time, that doesn't absolve everything but this isn't adjusted fields podcast let's move into the packers portion of things there will be plenty of time to talk about him uh, especially next week as the packers will be previewing a game when the packers come back or when we come back next week and reconvene for this podcast so it's cut down day we're not going to talk about cuts because i imagine at this point the game was saturday you've heard that topic eight million times but what i want to do morally real quick for you is who is a player that you think quote unquote one training camp and who was a player that you think, quote unquote, lost training camp, whether that was somebody that was in position to do something good that you think is on the outside looking in or a guy who's like slated to be a starter, but now looks like a distant backup or something like that, you know, as far as winning or losing from that standpoint. And so from the winner's side of things, I'm going to take the low hanging fruit and that's Malik Heath. And like, this is a guy who came into camp at best was wide receiver seven. And when you start Saturday's game, Romeo Dobbs does not play. Christian Watson's out there. Jaden Reed is out there. And who's out there with him? It's Malik Heath. So that tells me wide receiver four. You know, and I think Andy said it best on Sunday where, you know, if Green Bay thought they were going to cut him, he's not out there with the starters. They are trying to hide him, playing him deep, deep in the fourth quarter, like just doing what they can to potentially try and push this guy down onto the practice squad, but he is a dog as a blocker. He has the ability. I think there are going to be some pains, if you will, and there will be for all the guys, but during the season, as far as, you know, running around, he's an undrafted free agent. There's a reason for that. And even if he was a drafted player, you know, based on some of the red flag, it still would have been a, a late day two, day three type of pick at the absolute best on that side of things. But he's outplayed all the draft picks. He's outplayed Samari Toure. Uh, and he's, I mean, he's, he's fourth. He hasn't outplayed Reed or Dobbs or Watson. I don't think there's any question about that. He's definitely fourth on the receiver depth chart, but it really looks like the Packers have found another undrafted free agent worth keeping on the roster. This isn't some cute anecdote that they should just keep him to keep a story alive. This is a good player and they're trying to keep him around. Hello friends. As many of you know, a few years back, the Milwaukee Bucks were in the NBA finals and I desperately wanted to go to game six in Milwaukee to see them win the championship. 
As you can imagine, prices were insane, and I kept going back and forth with different apps to try and find the cheapest tickets possible. I finally found them, clicked purchase, and of course they were gone. Goodbye game six of the NBA finals. Now, thankfully, the day of the game, I was able to find a ticket, but the entire thing was so expensive and way too stressful. I really wish I could have simply used game time to alleviate all of the stress and all of the hassle. I've started using game time app for purchasing all of my tickets, and I wish I would have done so sooner. From low prices to easy to find tickets to last minute ticket deals, the game time app is perfect for all of my ticket needs. Game time is the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. You can get images of your before you buy. You can buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two clicks only in fact, and tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never need to dig through your email. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code PACKADAY for $20 off your first purchase. That's code P-A-C-K-A-D-A-Y. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PACKADAY for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, and you go back and and watch his college tape, and we were talking about this the other day. Like, how did we whiff on this kid? I mean, obviously everyone did. So that's that. You know, he was an undrafted guy. But you go back and watch Ole Miss, and, you know, he transferred from Mississippi State to Ole Miss. So he was kind of a guy that flew under the radar. But, you you know, Jonathan Mingo was a guy that was became a Twitter darling, which, you know, Whatever I thought, I thought he was a little bit overrated because he tested so well. But you go turn on the tape, and Malik Heath is making plays a lot. And I don't know why we didn't pay more attention to him. He didn't test great, but he didn't test really bad either. He was like a thing near seven seven RAS type guy. Yeah, he was like six point eight or something like that. And I mean, that's far from disqualification of, of an athlete. Like he's he's a good athlete for how big he is. He just didn't have any eye popping measurables, but he's just a player. 
he's just he's one of those guys that just knows how to play the game. He knows how to play to his strengths. And what I really appreciate about Malik is he he knows what he's good at right now. And he's not trying to be anything he's not. You watch him play, and he's like, man, I'm going to play bully ball because I'm a bully. Um, and I'm going to do that for every single snap I'm in the game. And it's fun as hell. It's fun as hell to watch him play uh, because he brings that mentality. And with him, I tweeted this out, like with Watts, you know, Christian Watson, his his best ability still might be his ability to block. And that's not a that's not a detriment on anything else but his game because we are big Christian Watson fans on this podcast. But the guy will still absolutely get after it in the run game or, or as a downfield blocker. And to pair Malik Heath with him, uh, that's a couple of boys that you, you're going to have on the outside. And I think you're right. Uh, he's he's really he's wide receiver three in some aspects because with Jaden Reed, they're going to play him in the slot. Like he is not going to play on the outside. And so if Dobbs or Watson come out of the game right now, it looks like it's Heath is the next next man up. And that could change. I think I think if Wicks and DeBose were able to stay healthy, I think it would have been a little bit more of a competition because I thought those guys flashed as well. Uh, but uh, the, the wide receiver group that they brought in in general won training camp. Um, absolutely won training camp, except for I'm going to bring up someone that I think maybe lost training camp, and that's Samari Toure, if we're just going to stay with the wide receivers. And I don't think it's – I don't think he had a bad camp, right? Not a bad camp by any stretch of the imagination, but I think he's just kind of has gotten lost in the shuffle. And I think he's going to make the team. You know, you guys might know when you're listening to this, if he made the team or not, I think he's yeah, going to make don't. Uh, But yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he didn't. And it's, and it's not, and again, it's not because he didn't have, he didn't have a bad camp. He was fine. Uh, like he is, Samari Toure is is a rosterable NFL wide receiver. Um, and I just don't know if it's going to be in Green Bay. And for him, for that reason, I'd say he lost this camp uh, because someone took his job. And you look at Toure, he still does a ton for this team. And you can look at it one of two ways. He was out there late into the game. He's returning kicks, returning punts, playing special teams. Is that because they're just looking for a reason to keep him? And giving him every opportunity, or do they really are they really training him to to be that type of to, to be the you know backup punt and kick returner and special team type guy? The other thing about Toure, if they do cut him, I don't think anyone claims him, and I think he would be a guy that you would be able to love you would love to have him on your practice squad. And he honestly, and, and the thing about Toure is if you put him on the practice squad, it might be one of those weird situations that they call him up on game day and he plays more than Wicks or DeBose. But they just don't want to lose the two rookies. I don't know. We, we will find out soon enough, but uh, Toure would be my loser on offense um, just because we were kind of in that vein of wide receivers in the first place. Um, not to stay too negative, um, but I think another um, loser – of camp is is Royce Newman, our old buddy, <laughs> someone that we really gassed up his rookie year. And it's been stated that he went from a guy that you were really excited about his rookie year, his rookie camp. I mean, pushed for a starting job. I think he started his rookie One year. Right? Starting job. One day starting job. Won it. And, and played for a 13-3 and three football team and, and was not an issue. Was a guy that you're like, this guy – 
man, give him an NFL offseason. They might have found another fourth-round All-Pro. And he has – I don't know what's happened to him. I really don't because he – He know, just, like, he he just hit a wall. Did. I think he never got yeah. – like the problems that plagued him continue to be the problems that plague him. Um, it's similar, not the same, but similar to like the things with Josh Myers where there's a lack of consistency. Myers is more talented and a better player than Royce Newman is. But you can see like it's the same basic stunts, the same basic twists, prone to penalties. Like the things that we chalked up as rookie mistakes when he was a rookie are now happening as a third-year player. And at the time, it was like he had played so well in training camp and preseason that he won a job where it was between you know, him, Lucas Patrick, and John Runyon. And it was Runyon, I think, was the odd man out. Well, it ended up working itself out because Patrick ended up playing a lot of center. But either way, Royce won that relatively decisively. And he, yeah, I think I he, he lost. And he might still make the team solely because, like, if the team trade – well, if the team trades, you know, say Yo Schneiman or somebody like that, than one of their surplus of tackles. If the team trades him, then they can't, <clears throat> most likely, they probably can't do that and cut Royce Newman, for example. Um, you know, but I don't know. Like, I mean, you're watching him on Saturday. He's playing, you know, late into the fourth quarter. He's getting beaten, holding penalties by back end of the roster defensive linemen. Nothing against those guys. They're NFL players too, but you're talking about a guy that, you know, next Sunday could be blocking Gervon Dexter, a second round pick, or, you know, some of those other players that the Packers are going to see Grady Jarrett in two weeks. Like there are some dudes at that position. That's how that works. Royce is definitely a loser from that standpoint to stick with the offensive line. And that's where another one, I think a loser in this camp was Yosh Nyman and maybe not even necessarily because of anything that he did like whenever. So the first shocker was when Rasheed Walker was practicing ahead of him and then he started against new england in that preseason game and i just started texting people that have been around a lot more and people that might know a thing or two and i was like what's you know has yosh had a bad camp or whatever and they said no he's been fine it's just a promotion for rasheed walker and matt lafleur has basically echoed you know those comments but rasheed if remember where we were at at the beginning of preseason right we were talking about is Green Bay's best five Zach Tom at center, Yosh Nyman at right tackle, or will Yosh just win the right tackle job outright because Zach Tom's still a or you know second year player, younger player, anything like that. And that is now not the like not the case at all. We're talking about does the best five include Rasheed Walker in those spots where we used to be talking about Yosh Nyman. And we're talking about what they trade him for a fourth. And we've talked about this a little bit off air. And would it shock you? Because the Packers do weird stuff with their offensive line. Do they prefer Rasheed over Zach Tom at tackle? And do they prefer Zach? and, And is that what this is all about? When really it's like, no, Zach Tom is, we think he can be an all-pro center, which he probably can. And what's his cap as a, as a right tackle? I think I think Zach Tom can be a really good right tackle. I don't think he, like, I just don't think he has the measurables to be 
a, a week in, week out dog at tackle. I think he could be very good. Again, though, I think he could be an all pro inside. Rasheed Walker, on the other hand, does have those measurables. You know, when those two guys and Jacob, we we both have stood on the field close to Zach Tom, and we both had the same impression. That guy's small. Like mm-hmm. that is a small. I mean, he's a he's a big man. Don't get me wrong, but like by NFL tackle standards, he's a small tackle. Uh, so where do you play him? Goody has talked about thinking center was his best position. That doesn't mean Coach Lafleur does. Um, he's the one that has to think that. But if Goody is publicly saying that, then I wouldn't. I would imagine Lafleur thinks that too. So I just wouldn't be shocked if that's what we see them roll out with week one. And we're like, Oh wow. They went with that because they've done stuff like that before. The only um, thing that so- gives me pause about that possibility is I feel like if they were going to do that, they would have tried it in some capacity. I mean, they've got in two a, weeks in a preseason game, maybe like, or something it, like that. Maybe not. It, maybe it, they wanted to do it when it was blind. That's certainly possible yeah. because I mean, the way that they could have done it, is I know Bakhtiari wasn't going to play in the preseason. So you just play Nyman at left, Walker at right, Tom at center, and you can do things that way. I don't know. I know that LaFleur has publicly been relatively complimentary of Josh Myers. They obviously have a big investment in Josh Myers. I think they like him. I think they wanted him to win that job coming. Like there are position battles that exist, but are rigged is maybe the wrong word, but they're certainly skewed toward a player. I remember when, the Packers drafted Eddie Lacy and Jonathan Franklin, and they had Dewan Harris from the previous season in camp as well. And it was like, there's a competition quote unquote to be the starting running back, but it was pretty obvious early in camp. They wanted Eddie Lacy to be the guy. And eventually he was on the offensive rookie of the year. That and that's year. another, and but that's another testament to, because Dewan Harris was the darling of the end of that last season. And yep. people were excited about him going into the season, but that is another example of pedigree sometimes matters in the NFL. And Zach Tom was a higher draft pick than Rasheed Walker. Don't get me wrong. But Rasheed Walker, when you look at like, hey, what do you want when you draw up a tackle in the National Football League? Rasheed yep. Walker fits big, that. Long arms, big hands. And then, I mean, just from a competition standpoint, he played the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he was, he was blocking dudes like Aiden Hutchinson in college, yeah. like not that Zach Tom wasn't doing that, but, and I say, I, I say all this about Zach Tom, like, oh, he could be an all pro at center, but not at right tackle. Zach Tom is also the type of guy that I, you don't really want to bet against, you know, some of those guys just, they know how to keep their butt facing the quarterback. And Zach Tom is one of those guys. He just doesn't get beat. Yeah. Um, I but, would, I would bet on, I mean, I would. I think his best position is center as well. Um, just from what little I know about offensive line play, I think his best position is center. I think his movement ability, his blocking and space ability, is something that would that would trend well towards being the pivot man. I think the best center on the roster plays left guard, but you yeah. know Elton's going to play left guard. That's go. fine. I think one of the best. I think one of the best centers in the league plays left guard for the Packers. That very well could be as well. Um, it, it just that's the way that it is. And that's fine. Cause Elton is one of the best left guards in football as well. He forms a strength on that offense with David Bakhtiari uh, playing that left side. I'm just, I'm curious how it all works. Cause what I don't want them to do with Zach Tom is play this game of musical chairs. It's like, okay, you started camp, you were at right tackle. Then like by the season's end, you were playing center 
And then next year, maybe Bakhtiari's not around anymore. So now you're our left tackle and just kind of doing things that way. And again, kind of like you mentioned, when it came to, when it came to measurables and pedigree and all that other stuff, I would not personally plan slam dunk as if Zach Tom was the team's left tackle of the future. And I talked about that a lot this offseason. He's played 280 some odd snaps. And that was a nice thing for him to be able to do. But it's similar to, you know, when JC Treader played left tackle for them. It happened. It was nice that he could do that. That is not the best way to drop this offensive line. I still well, think man, same with Elton. I mean, Elton's Elton's tackle ability may have been hampered by his injury. Yeah, we don't know. I, I mean, I know that we keep talking about it because he has played tackle before in the past and done it well, but he has not played tackle well since being injured. Pretty like, injured. That's and that's, you know, a guy like uh, like Joe, Thune, Joe Thune for the Chiefs. Chiefs. He's similar. Like all, all pro level guard. Could you play in that tackle in a pinch if you needed to? Absolutely. But it's not someone that you would want to survive out there with for a 17-game season. And he kind of had a similar path to when he was with New England, trying to figure out, like, hey, where does this guy play? Is he a tackle? Is he a guard? And ultimately, he, you know, the NFL will decide that stuff for you. It really Chiefs did too, right? Because, like, they signed him, they paid him that contract, but then they still signed, what, Trent Brown and then eventually Juwan Taylor and – yeah. Um, well, not Trent Brown, Orlando Brown, Jordan Orlando Taylor, Brown, and so Donovan Smith. That's ooh, ooh, gross. Protecting Pat Holmes with uh, those guys, but whatever. That's not our problem. So, uh, yeah. So we were talking about winners and losers of camp. We went on a long tangent talking about Rashid. Two winners are Rashid and Zach Tom. Like I don't know. Zach Tom's a starter. I don't know where, but he's a starter. He's one of the best five. He's probably your third best offensive lineman on the team. Um, and I don't know if Rashid is not in your top five. And so I don't know how they figure that out. Rashid has also never played in a regular season game. That's the other thing. Uh, it it ticks up. Everything ticks up in the regular season. We all know that. Um, so would they roll him out there with the first-year starter at quarterback? I do not know. Uh, but a winner of this camp, another winner of this camp, I think you have to mention uh, the quarterback, Jordan Love. And we don't need to spend a ton of time on this because everyone has and everyone will. Um, and I'll just say this, going into camp, I think he pretty much did what you expect, like what what you would have high level. How am I trying to phrase this? He did what you expected him to do from a positive outlook. Like if if you were like, hey, I I just want to see him look comfortable. I want to see him be in command. I want to see some of the talent. Um, and that's it. He did that. He did all that. Um, he did some negative stuff as well that you also expected. But he he is also a winner because. If a lot of people are honest with themselves, didn't know what to expect from him at the beginning of training camp. And if people are even more honest with themselves, I think some people thought he would be a dumpster fire and he was anything but that. So, um, and again, just like with Rasheed Walker, he is just checking boxes. It was preseason. Anyone that says, oh, it was just preseason. Yeah. Yep. It was good point, but I would much rather him look good in the preseason than look like dog shit. You know, and like that's kind of like that's why I don't get that. I, I made the comment about the offensive line, how Jordan Love did not take one QB hit the whole time. Yes, he scrambled and got tackled. I understand that, but in the pocket, he did not take one hit. The offensive line protected their butts off, and someone's like, "Oh, it's just preseason." Somebody said the same thing to me, and I was like, "They gave up one sack the whole unit, one sack in the preseason." One sack for zero yards, and that one sack was by Alex Magoo, and I think it was a strip sack that was basically inconsequential. Like the end of the game. Yeah, yeah. So like, 
regardless of yes of course it doesn't count like of course the regular would you rather than give up 20 sacks like is that the other is that the alternate and then you just also it was the preseason it was the whole group that's the other part of it is the whole group so it wasn't just like here's our starters playing against their third stringers and of course they should be able to block them like it was all of them yes that's impressive it's the same with the pass rush which not so much on Saturday, of course, fittingly, after I read a story about how awesome their pass rush has been. They don't have their greatest of games. But prior to that, New England, they had 28 pressures against the Cincinnati Bengals. And they all came in. It was their starters. It was their backups. It was whoever. Green Bay, their pass rush I'm excited for when it comes into the season. That's another a winner. Carl Brooks, there's another winner if you want to toss into there for anything like that. But we are out of time. We're going to keep this short because we've got a game preview next week. So be sure to follow the show on Twitter at Packaday Podcast. You can follow me personally. I am at Jacob Weston, or if you can follow Morley, he's at Jacob Morley. And uh, yeah, we're, we're right there. And our next time we're recording is Labor Day Monday, which is the same week as the first game of the season. The Packers will take on the Chicago Bears Sunday, September 10th, 325 Central Time at Soldier Field. The first game of Jordan Love's career as the preferred Starting quarterback for the Green Bay Packers, it'll be a lot of fun. For Jacob Morley, I'm Jacob Westerf. We're out of time. We'll see you next week.